Hey guys, welcome back to Wondering Faith, a show where we discuss all the things that faith <laughs> makes us wonder. Today, we've got a very special guest. Oops. Our friend, Cody McMillan. Uh, so far, so good. Yeah, very positive <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we were wondering, should Christians want to get married? Hope you enjoy. Wonder does abound. Even amidst the confusion and troubles in this fragile but precious world. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Cody, welcome to the studio. Thank you. Is it really well done? Yeah. <laughs> Very intentional design. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very free flowing. Yes. Yeah. Great. Wondering deal. a lot right now about <laughs> what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Wonder exactly. what you're gonna say. That's pretty much how it goes. But yeah, Cody, we're glad you made some time to talk as you're in town. And we kind of mentioned the question up front, but do you want to share a little bit about yourself and you can even dive in on some initial thoughts yeah, if you want? Absolutely. Uh, my name is Cody McMillan. I am a second year seminary student at Concordia St. Louis. Whoop. Oh, wait. <laughs> you, you Sorry. I had to. I had to. Anyways. Uh, I'm also from Texas A&M University College Station. <laughs> now you can, now you can whoop. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I'm 24 years old and I am single, so I guess I have more knowledge on this topic than maybe both of you guys did. When did you guys actually get married, both of you? Like right out of undergrad or? Right out of undergrad. Right yeah, out of undergrad. Like a couple months after I graduated. You had a year. Yeah, a year two. Let's see, I got, we got married right before Vickers. So, like, okay. Uh, right where I am right, now. Right, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only a little bit behind, but yeah. that's fine. Oh, no, no, that's good. Yeah. Though. But even that's funny though. Like I use the language of like behind, and that's kind of the way we we think about mm. this or talk about this is if there's this natural progression from, you know, singleness to, to dating and engaged and, and married that we're all supposed to follow, and we treat it like a timeline. Right. Where you know if you're not 25 and at this point or 30 at this point, then then you're ahead or behind or or whatever else it might be. And so like we're always comparing ourselves to each other in terms of mean everything really but especially yeah. our, our romantic relationships for people in their 20s it's, yeah. it's stressful and it's a really good question that we ask I mean should Christians want to get married I don't think we should want to get married just for the sake of you know getting married or mm -hmm. or, or like winning that game sort right. of thing yeah if, if I could call it that you know for the sake of trying to be the person who is married as opposed to the person who's not yeah right? So. Yeah, something something that I've I guess I am sensitive to and notice at least in churches is we do very well typically, and the, and this is not just the church that I'm at, but churches that come across the board do very well at communicating uh, to families, to yeah. families with young kids, to uh, couples. Um, but what I guess how the gospel relates to singles and sometimes it feels like they get left out of a lot of you know illustrations or and, and and just a lot of different things right in terms of the life of the church is the life of the church just okay is the goal to be married and then have kids and that's what it means to follow jesus and i'm not saying that that you can't do those things and follow jesus but i don't think that's what the bible really invites us to like marriage yeah is um again obviously i am married happily married for almost 11 years um but if the goal of my life is to get married, that's probably a goal that God says that might be an idol in your life, right? And so hmm. are we propping up, uh, yes, good things, like marriage is a good thing, kids are a good thing, but are we propping up in a way that maybe God would want us to say, hey, church, uh, 
we're missing a whole cross section of people that I want to empower and communicate to, right? The the, the, the single population, and you're conflating the um, the goodness and the grace of God with something that you know might be something that God calls you to to marriage, and it might not be, and that yeah. and that's okay. I mean, we have biblical examples of people that were married and yeah. people that were unmarried. God called Peter definitely married, had a mother-in-law, and Paul. Unmarried, and he yeah. says, and he's like, "Hey, I don't want anybody else to be married because this this is a great verse. Uh, this is from First Corinthians. It says, but those who marry will face many troubles in this life, and I want to spare you.' This. <laughs> I literally, in my notes, have ha. <laughs> yes, that's so good. Well, it's like okay, Peter, Paul, yeah, but then we got Jesus too, who right. do not obviously have the typical marriage life, and I mean, a lot of people point that out. Of okay, if Jesus. <laughs> Did not get married in the earthly sense. Now I'd say the church is sort of his right. his bride, oh, totally. of course. Yeah. Uh, but if he did not need to be married, and yet we'd say live a God-pleasing, fulfilling life, then you'd think that'd be enough. But right. of course, it's... So what, what are the reasons I think, uh, and in one sense, maybe we recognize that you don't need to be married. But like, what? why are the pressures there? Like, why do you think the pressures are there? Yeah, I mean, I think the pressures are there because, I mean, the Bible speaks about the, the goodness of marriage. Like, yeah. he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And so mm-hmm. there's plenty of scripture to back up the fact that God designed marriage to be to be good, to be edifying, to be something that, that in a way, sanctifies us and makes us more like Jesus. But we also have, I mean, some challenges from Jesus, some challenges from Paul and the New Testament, especially, that say, hey, this is not, by any means, everything. This mm. is not the end goal. This is something that... Uh, helps you along the way. You know, your your spouse is supposed to be somebody who encourages you in, in your faith, not that, you know, your faith and their faith are, are divorced. You're, you're working together. Um, but yeah, like, especially the passage you just read from 1 Corinthians 7, that strikes me as incredibly challenging yeah. um, to, to our culture today, yeah. where uh, on the one hand, we we strive for marriage. We strive for this vision of romance that is very, very new, by the way. Hmm. Um, but on the other hand, we try to elevate this radical independence. Yeah. If, if you are going to be single, you better be self-sufficient. You better have a walloping career. You better make up for the fact somehow, in some way, that you are not married. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, hmm. And I, I feel that um, a little bit just as somebody who's going into, I mean, even something like ministry, um, like kind of compensates for that in a way well it's like oh well at least you're you're doing something with your singleness at least you're pursuing god and and doing that sort of thing but i know plenty of my friends who are engineers who are you know going to be accountants or insurance agents that sort of thing and they're 25 and single and and love jesus but they're like all right this is this is hard you know um and they feel like they have to kind of make up for the fact that they're single somehow Hmm. and there's this lack that they this emptiness that they feel um that might not be because they're single, right? You know, that's mm. that's my suspicion. But I think our default is to assume that maybe if I just had a girlfriend, even or, or a fiance or a wife, like everybody else, then this feeling of, of loneliness that I have would, would get taken care of. Yeah, hmm. yeah. That's yeah. I, I think that's interesting too. Like in terms of what's the the, the socially appropriate uh, role of friendships, mm-hmm. right? And in, in, in relationships and intimacy and being, in other words, like. We think that intimacy is always uh, sexually, uh, you know, physically yeah. intimate. That's what it means. Well, no, intimacy actually, intimacy in <laughs> friendships and closeness in friendships and relying on others and not not this individualistic thing that you're talking mm. about, that, that you don't have to be this pillar unto yourself, but rather, uh, 
maybe God, yeah, in the season of singleness and the season of whatever, that we're called to be better friends to one another, yeah. ultimately, and to under and and have people in our friend groups that right. are, are, yeah, single or married or have different kind of uh, breakdowns. And that is the body of Christ. It's not all the yeah. it all, it doesn't all look exactly the same. That's exactly the body of Christ, and I think that's where the church, how the church ought to think of herself when it comes to like singles ministry and singleness in general is just like we are their family you know and this family the body of christ especially is not a lesser family than than having a a spouse you know it's in a lot of ways is is kind of better right you know because i mean you you are free to do ministry you're you're not distracted to by the, the cares of a spouse and that sort of thing but yeah, I think that's just a, a way that the church has not looked at herself, really hasn't had to look at herself that way. Right. Um, because, you know, long-term singleness, especially for people who are younger, you know, not divorced or widowed, is kind of a new thing. And so we are learning who to be and what to be, but it's taken a while, honestly, mm. you mm. know, and we're, and we're kind of behind in that sense. Hmm. Yeah, well, and you mentioned a little bit of your own struggle. I mean, you mentioned now you're single and just as you've been reflecting on this, can you share and just share as much as you want, but be curious, like, is this something that you go back and forth on or sometimes you really do feel like you'd want to be in a relationship or not really? I mean, maybe just like details yeah. on that. <laughs> All right, so let's just uh, dig into Cody's life. Yeah, I think um, I am very patient until I see something I want or, or somebody that I want. be with Mm. you know Mm -hmm. like like if if there's nobody on the horizon and and i'm not exactly looking for a relationship then i can do you know schoolwork i can do all the other vocational stuff that comes along and and i feel pretty content about that and i will say this i've got the best friends that i know Mm. i've got the best relationship with with my (laughs) church that i think i know like i have a a foundation that helps me do that otherwise i don't even know what would happen right um but I do know when I, you know, when that longing is there and, and somebody is there for me to pursue, um, that immediately takes, I mean, if not a hundred percent of my attention, a very significant amount of attention. And I can sense it in myself, my mm. priorities, they just shift, mm. you know, and I've wrestled really with, well, how much of a shift should there be, mm. you know, especially in something mm. like dating where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm not married. I'm not tip- like technically like you know, like in a covenant relationship with this person, but I'm looking for that, you know, how much should I be, you know, focusing on school, focusing on work, focusing on my friends, as opposed to texting them, hanging out with them, calling them, like, what is the, what what's the right thing to do? Yeah. Um, so yeah, like in, in terms of the longing, there's definitely moments of, I mean, severe, severe loneliness, but I also know just having talked to a couple of my friends who already are married, that doesn't go away in marriage which terrifies me a little Mm. bit because i'm like man i wish it was just that simple Mm. but um hopefully i'm not as naive to think that all right on the other side of of whatever you know relationship might come up there there will be this satisfaction in perpetuity or whatever yeah yeah Mm. that totally makes sense well thank i know i put you right on the spot yeah 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 yeah. Uh, but that i think that totally makes sense as as even as i think about before you know, eventually dating and marrying my wife, Mary, and uh, talking to lots of friends as they think through it and still have single friends now. It's, uh, there's, it's for so many reasons from the culture, from church, like that you're not really quite sure what to prioritize and even what to, Mm -hmm. what to want. And I feel like out of lots of different 
I think a lot of issues are a lot more clear-cut than this one. Like, there's so much gray and confusion right. and uncertainty with this issue. Well, because like you said, Cody, I mean, it is a gift, right? I mean, like, yeah. God talks about it as a gift. It's, uh, it's, it's his, his, his idea is for relationships and a beautiful picture of, yeah, of forgiveness and faithfulness, right, is, uh, is marriage, marriage, I guess, done and understood correctly, not for my personal yeah. satisfaction or my uh, personal happiness, but rather faithfulness. It, it's it's God's love kind of expressed in two broken people, right? I, I just did a wedding a couple weeks ago, actually, of somebody that used to be in youth group. And, uh, and, and as I was doing, he's like, dude, this is really unromantic. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, dude, you're right. It is. Because I had a couple different points that were, you know, that she does not complete you and you do not complete her, right? I mean, yep. that, that's not, if, if we're looking for somebody else, to the you know the is that Jerry Maguire you complete me no what's the no that's you have me at my hello you have me at hello what's the you complete me line I don't know whatever it doesn't matter not the pop culture man (laughs) but the whole concept of you complete me is actually completely false it's not it's not accurate and when you're looking for some other individual other individual person to complete you they will fall short that I mean that's only the role that that can be held by the one who formed you and made you that's the role of God we would be then putting a relationship or a person as an idol, right? And I think yeah. that we, 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 while, while we lift up the gift of marriage, sometimes we lift it up a little bit too high. Mm. Um, again, and I, I, I love my wife. I love my family. I can't imagine my life without her. And I do believe that God brought her into my life. Yeah. But again, in a completely unromantic sense, I mean, I don't believe that she was my soulmate before I was born or something like that. I believe that, that we make a decision and we yeah. chose, we stood in front of people and made that covenant. Now she's my soulmate after, after we've committed to one another. But I mean, through the course of tons of different things, we could have we could have made those those covenants with 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 different uh, different people, and then that would have been the thing. Now, and so, I think this is the thing where people kind of have an understanding of what is marriage, what's the the purpose of my relationship? Do I need to find that person that's going to complete me? And then when they find that person, that they believe that, uh, and then for some reason, like you said, like sometimes marriage is not always you know rainbows yeah. and butterflies all the time. Sometimes it can be pretty difficult. Like, well, this person's not holding up their end of the deal, they must not have been the right person. And then people go off and that's when they start having affairs and yeah. they start having emotional attachments to other people. And uh, and then they believe that that's, oh, this was the person I was supposed to be with. Yeah. And then we have all sorts of just terrible, it, it's when we have a false, false understanding of why, yeah. why marriage? Like right. why did God give us this gift of intimacy in this particular way, uh, this covenant relationship and working together yeah. and building family and what is the purpose of family and right. and do we see that in light of uh, the, the the role of the family of church, of, of what mm-hmm. is the family of God that is technically stronger than blood, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, is, yeah. is actually um, supposed to be viewed in a, in a completely different a completely different sense. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so no, I, th- I think that I think that we, as a church in general, just really need to be, I would say, I need to be better and more intentional with, well, how do I, uh, yeah, not push singles and make them feel less than because they're not in a particular season that other people might be in. Yeah. Well, and I I found a quote that I think ties in really well with what you're saying of how married people and single people would relate to the gospel and what part maybe we'd have with it. And it's a quote from Sam Albury. I don't know. If you oh, know. yeah, 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 you know. yeah. So I think it's really good. It says, if marriage shows us the shape of the gospel, singleness shows us its sufficiency. Hmm. So marriage hmm. can be a reflection of the gospel, Jesus, bride of Christ kind of right. thing. 
I like but then singleness can show us how the gospel is sufficient for us. Like we don't need someone don't to need complete us. Yeah. And so you you almost need both. Read to that have again. A, Read that again. again. I like that. I like that. So if marriage shows us the shape, shape. of the gospel, singleness shows us its sufficiency. Nice. And I think that captures really well totally. how we, we've got different people in different places of life. And there are ways that a single person could serve, could reflect God's love, could teach us something about the gospel in ways that a married person can't. Yeah. And in another way, a, a really healthy, strong marriage can be a beautiful reflection of yeah. kind of that, that relationship. <clears throat> but I think it is important too, as I was thinking about this, all basically growing up, whenever I thought about it, the uh, Genesis 2, like making man, making woman and everything, and how it's not good for man to be alone, you know, give him a helpmate and everything, and how that's a lot of times read at weddings, like that's kind of uh, the marriage theme, uh, that's the, the reason right. for marriage. And I had a professor, uh, person, okay. who I thought did a really good job of kind of saying, well, yes, this does absolutely give kind of the reason and shows where God designed the need for marriage. Right. But really, it's just kind of a shows the need for community and how it's really uh, maybe a, a case for community. And so because right. he was worried that so many people, single people would uh, read Genesis 2. And it's like the way God made it. It's almost they, and that's before the fall. And yeah. it's like they'd almost see that, wow marriage and being married not being living a life of singleness like singleness is like something of sin or something and then uh marriage is really like the that's when you really have your fulfilled life because of course it's not any surprise that for most people these days not in church in church self-fulfillment is pretty much the main life goal right Right, living a fulfilled life and some people then use marriage to try to accomplish that ultimately selfish maybe fulfillment in some ways and some people want to stay single to do that. Like, I want to live my own dreams and everything. And it's yeah, like, yeah. no, we we see what God made in the beginning as we live life for each other. We live life with each other. And that can look at all kind of different ways. It can be in the case of marriage, but it can just be in the case of different relationships you have, different families. Like, just just the community and not being alone uh, and everything, I think. I think it's just a really maybe small shift, but a really important shift to think about as we think about Genesis 2, as we think about God's design for, for people that even a specific thing where Adam was brought to Eve, like that wasn't just a, okay, now everyone should get married. It's a, no, we need each other. Like we need yeah. people, but you don't need to be married to experience the community that God made us for, I guess. But. Yeah, I was thinking too, uh, so Cody, you're going into ministry and mm-hmm. I, have, so I have some friends that are single that are in ministry and been in yeah. ministry for a while and something that they talk about regularly and are kind of, I guess, struck with is the fact that usually churches have a really good job or do a really good job of like, um, I guess, honoring, uh, you know, pastors with families and like, oh, you need, you know, mm. your time, you have your family. But when you're single, yeah. they mm. kind of don't, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? And so they're setting up the boundaries. And, I, and again, I don't, yeah. I, that's an interesting conversation in regards, not just ministry, but I think just people in general that singles, I, I mean, I know singles that, uh, that work you know, on, on staff here that they get asked to do a lot of stuff and they're, yeah. you know, they're very sort of hearted and very, uh, willing to step into those places. But sometimes I think we can also 
uh, I don't want to say abused because that's probably the wrong word, but take advantage yeah. of we had the wrong uh, assumptions. The wrong assumptions about, about hey, well, lives. you have extra time, so you should do all your spend all your time doing this, and mm. you obviously want to do this in this yeah. season. And I don't know, so I, I don't know if you've thought about that in regards to yeah. you know, church ministry and, and and ministry in general, and and, and setting up boundaries or, or what right. that means for you. Yeah, I think it goes beyond ministry. I think it just goes to the experience of, of a single person in, you know, especially their 20s when they kind of get out of college and they're they're looking to work, they're looking to be useful. And somebody says to you, okay, you can be really useful. Let's work 60 hours a week. Right. Um, and that does a lot of things. For one, it, it just burns you out because you're not getting any rest. Um, but apart from that, you you are more consciously or more unconsciously than you think filling a hole. Yeah, you know, you are scared to be alone. You right. are scared to not be working. You are scared of um, of rest. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so not only do you find value in your in your work and your performance, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but you right. you start um, kind of letting other people's priorities turn into your priorities. Uh, and and that's servant hearted for sure. There's humility that goes in that, but there's also to your point boundaries that. Um, yeah, I, I've I've struggled to set them. Sometimes I'm typically uh, like a yes sir kind of person. That's so just you, how I was raised. Yeah. But um, I think I've gotten a lot better recently at understanding urgent things versus things that that, that lack a certain amount of urgency. So um, I'm trying to think of an example off the top of my head, but it's but it's not coming to me. But just knowing the difference of like, all right, um, this person needs this done and this has to get done and you know this is just another opportunity Um, and I think the more that single people people in ministry people who want to serve can kind of hold those things in tension it's like your value does not have to come necessarily from your um, from the amount of work that you put in you know your work is valuable but um, don't let that be the only determining factor in, in your identity because that's just I mean a recipe for for burnout, disaster, uh, everything else in between. It, it doesn't matter where you're working. It, it could be uh, as a doctor. It could be as a, as a pastor. It could be as I mean a cashier at McDonald's. You know. Yeah. It, it just it's not healthy. Totally. You know? you know, I think you mentioned that like singleness is a gift. Yeah. And that taken taken from First Corinthians seven. Right. Did uh, <laughs> someone not be very familiar with that verse? They could hear that and be like. It feels more more like a curse. Yeah, three. Right. Uh, not not a great gift, but what it's getting at is. Okay, well, let's just say this. Do you think? Okay, uh, unpacking the First Corinthians seven a little bit. And yeah, it might, might be good to open there. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. I think you can definitely get the impression that Saint Paul is saying, only not everyone mm. can, uh, maybe live, as a single life. Yeah. And maybe be um, free from stumbling from from sins from temptation and or like yeah. how I like talk just share like how you've heard that unpacked and I, is singleness yeah. for everyone is it not for everyone yeah. like what do you think what do you think so I, I'll say this more in the lines of what I've heard about marriage uh, and this has increasingly frustrated me the more I've heard it um, people line up the, the reasons for marriage in terms of you know God created it God designed it uh, it's fruitful it bears children and one of the reasons people tend to give for like why marriage is a good thing is it helps you curb sexual temptation. And I'm like, all right, which came first, marriage or temptation? Did Adam and Eve come after the fall? You know, marriage was created good. It was mm. not created for you to curb temptation. Right. That temptation 
I mean, yeah, and and that disappointment. Mm-hmm. And I and I know in the context that we live in now, it's like yes, we live in the fallen world, and it and it is true that marriage provides a place for like you know not just sexual release, but like you know fulfillment, one person and another. But it it pains me to think that. I don't know. In our preaching, sometimes we we limit the capacity of, of marriage, or we pigeonhole marriage into this. Oh yes, now I now I am literally more righteous because I'm not sinning when I have sex, and I'm like that. Yeah, that's that's, that's yeah. frustrating, and it, and it's kind of implicit, and maybe I'm taking that too far in how I understand it, but I just don't like that picture no, of marriage. I've definitely seen that. I remember yeah. I'll never forget when I was getting uh, being driven by a pastor. We were going from one church to another. Um, and I didn't, we were just getting to kind of know each other. And he said, yeah, are you married? And I said, well, not, not yet, but I, you know, I'm planning to be, this is back in college. And he said, okay, just get married before you go into ministry. Get married before you go into ministry. Like mm. being so adamant about, yeah. like, don't go into, don't go into ministry single. It's, it's and he didn't really elaborate too much, but right. I was like, because you'll be tempted. It's yeah, like, you'll be tempted. You'll, who knows? Maybe it's hard to date when you're a pastor. It's not like you marriage. Or like, but it's definitely there. Of like, yeah. you, it'll be some kind of cure-all, I think, is right. sort of the impression. Are you going to say something? Yeah, no, I, I think, I mean, I, I, I don't know if specifically what I was going to say, but I again, just kind of taking in this whole conversation and, and wondering, like, okay, so if that is what we communicate, like, so as so as youth pastors and working with students for, you know, a decade, yeah. uh, I certainly hope that that was never communicated, but it, it might be like I don't really like again in terms of. If it helps, I didn't culture, hear that from you. <laughs> no, say, yeah, 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 Cody grew up in in youth group, and uh, and so I've known Cody for a super long time. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean the things that that I remember always trying to really kind of focus in on is um, in the in the context of relationship is the is the question of identity, right? Mm-hmm. Is do you find your identity in this relationship? Or do you find your identity in Christ? Because especially with high school relationships, or actually any relationship, yeah. when you place your entire identity in that other person, that this is high schoolers never do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but and well, adults do too. This yes. is the other thing too: yeah. is that like when that breaks up, which again in high school, uh, the majority, although we've had a few that have got married, but in the majority yeah. of relationships do again break up. And so when that happens, is their identity so tied up into that that they lose? themselves or is their identity tied up in a place that actually has the ability to yeah. hold hold that and uh and sometimes even their faith is tied up into it too because i mean just i mean your first breakup is rough yeah. you know and you know you you find a good christian guy or gal to date and you're like wait let's do it the jesus way and and so you you know you might read the bible together or pray together and as soon as that sucker you know hits the floor uh, or the fan whatever it is like your devotional life i've experienced this just goes with it yeah you know like i mean i remember there was one breakup i had where my prayer life just did not exist Hmm. for for like months afterward because i was just so sick Hmm. of of you know i don't know yeah kind of the association there yeah yeah and i was just like wow i'm not as strong in my faith as i thought i was if this other person was kind of holding it together Hmm. for me that's really interesting and i was like yeah, I was disappointed, repented of it, but it's just like, yeah, it happens. Yeah. It really does. Can I ask a big question? Yeah, please. Because this is one something I seriously wonder about. I don't even know if it's a good question, but how does someone discern if they have the gift of singleness? <laughs> if they're single. Is that it? I think that's what it is. Okay. Uh, you know, if we're going to view singleness as the gift itself, it, it's more a statement of your season in life if you are married you have the gift of marriage if you're single you have the gift 
of singleness. So it's contentment, right? Yeah. In essence, so it's not okay. not saying, okay, God, you're not enough for me right now. Yeah. Uh, I need this other thing, right? Mm-hmm. That this is where I'm at. This is what you've called me to. And I, I mean, I I know this is kind of a cheesy statement, but I I do when I used to do we haven't done them for a while, a while, but like relationship series. I did a a, a series called Relationships, the yeah. shape of relationships, yeah, right? One. And the and you know there's the well there's the circle that is you are not you know you're not a half of a circle looking for your other hole or whatever else you're yeah. other half you are uh you're a broken circle that needs jesus and you know maybe you know so there's the circle there's the square that uh you know don't box yourself off from other people mm-hmm. but uh recognize you know and that's a big one for students too mm-hmm. um but the one that as we're kind of talking it and it sounds cheesy but i do think it's helpful is the triangle right that if you're pursuing god yeah. right that you're actually if you're individually pursuing God, then you're growing closer together. But if you're constantly pursuing each other, right, mm-hmm. kind of the bottom of that triangle, you're probably focused in the wrong direction, right? And it's yeah. if, and now I know that sounds really unromantic, and obviously I pursued my wife, but hopefully, hopefully my heart was in the right place in terms of pursuing God yeah. first. The and, two didn't yeah. butt up against each other. Right, I mean, exactly. They was, could feed in, they could help each right. other. Yeah. Now, and I asked that question because I'm thinking about listeners that may be single and they've yeah. been wrestling with, Okay, I want to get married, but what if God is calling me to be single? And like, mm-hmm. is am I one of those people? If there is a certain group of people that maybe is just called to be single, like, is this something I should one spend time on? Is it is it not? And I, so, so I'm thinking of how does someone discern whether that life and like you say, Cody. I mean, yeah. if you're single, you maybe got the gift of it. Okay, I mean, Ben, like, right. you have a thought with that? Like, you might even you might not like the question even, but no, I, I do like the question. I and I I don't know if I have an answer. I have a, a person that comes to mind, okay, honestly, that has wrestled through this. Mm. That I, that was uh, again uh, for Some those for those talk. that listen that know would know who this is, but unbelievable volunteer, long time, been mm. there for longer than than myself, um, and his now wife was also a volunteer with student ministry mm. and. I remember he again was wondering, okay, like I'm, I'm dating this person. Do I am I am I supposed to be called to marriage or not? And we kept saying, dude, you gotta get. Yeah, me. What are you doing? But he was again. He was wrestling with us. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what he, you know, he was. What I think he, he assumed to a certain point in his life that he was called to singleness, and then God brought somebody hmm. into his life that obviously now you know they're married. But um, I don't I don't know what that. Yeah. I I remember thinking when I was in college, and I probably I don't know if I had the right viewpoint, and I was like, I'm not. I'm not called for singleness. Hmm. Um, if I was, I'd be like, all right, dude, I'm, you know, God, I'm going overseas or something right. like that. That's kind of what I, that's what I yeah. thought. And then when Might I find missionary, or yeah, I was like, yeah. okay, I'm going to be a missionary and that's what right. I'm going to do. And then I guess I'm called a singleness. And I was like, no, I get, I, I don't know. But I, yeah. I nev- that was never something that I didn't desire that. And maybe that was the wrong thing. Like I mm-hmm. did desire for a wife. I desired for kids. I did desire for that part of life. Um, yeah. But maybe that was the wrong desire. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that that's not, you know what I mean? Like that, right. that and I just wanted that or do it. I want Jesus first and then, yeah. and then all the other things will be given to me as well. Right. Yeah. That, that do I, do I recognize his sufficiency? Mm. Like the, back right. to the Albury or Sam yeah. Albury quote, right. Mm-hmm. That his sufficiency in singleness. And I have heard this too, where single people will say, you know, when I stopped looking is when God brought the person in my life, yeah. and, so the, and so then they use it as like a game, like, all right, I'm gonna stop looking. Stop looking. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so God, I got my God, fingers oh, crossed yeah, behind yeah. my back. Yeah, oh, I promise yeah. I'm not gonna look oh, anymore. Yeah. Um, well, that's actually a little bit with Mary and I. Like when I got to yeah. college, I'm like, I don't care. I'm just I'm done. And yeah. It's like, oh, hi, Mary. Hello <laughs> <laughs> there. Yeah. Um, so I, think, <laughs> I think the language of, of the call is is significant because um, 
when we think about anybody else being called to anything else, it, it sometimes so if you're called to ministry, you probably have gifts for ministry, like ability to speak, ability to teach, you know, you read well, communicate well, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 I don't know. There are qualities about you, talents that God has given you, that kind of corroborate that call. With singleness or, or with relationships, I think it's very different. Mm-hmm. I think the call you receive is, is simply the, the needs of the other person. You know, the the needs of relationships, whatever they are in, yeah. these are the people we are called to minister to, yeah. um, called to love, called to serve, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And so, like, I mean, whenever God speaks and he's calling out his people, he uses prophets, he uses other people to do it. And so, you know, if you're thinking to yourself as a single person, all right, am I called to singleness? I wouldn't specify that as like your only call. You are called to a lot of things hmm. as a single person, but your call is not to singleness it shouldn't maybe be thought about in that way um yeah yeah. i like that and i I think very vocational yeah yeah totally well you do you are right that no matter what your relationship status you do have lots of other relationships that you and just things that you do in in your life and so not to just totally get focused narrowed in on just yeah one thing whether you're with someone or not and i i think that's actually a really good point with the qualifications of like going into ministry because scripture does yeah pretty much outline someone who would be qualified to be right. sort of a position of ministry. And what's also really interesting is there's only one thing in the whole list that is about your abilities, and that's yeah. your ability to teach. Otherwise, it's all character mm-hmm. things, um, whether you're gentle and patient and uh, not given to, to anger and everything. And so... So seminary course load should probably look a little different. Yeah, you, you, you would think so. Yeah, you would think so. Maybe. Uh, that they want to form you to be, yeah. you, know, you know, encourage those, those virtues. But you also, I love you the seminaries for formation. Yeah. <laughs> it's story. Nobody's listening. It's, it's, really, <laughs> it's really, really good. Uh, but you'd almost wish that there would have been some kind of list included for people who would be ready for marriage or not. Like, mm. if there's certain qualities or like places that you're at in life, and kind of like with this idea of as soon as I stop looking, that's when I found someone. Maybe there's a little bit of tr- like you can be okay. You can accept in one sense, like whatever God is giving me in my life right whatever uh, lot i've gotten i can be faithful in that and i will trust god with that and maybe right. it is kind of arriving at that place of contentment and i do think mm-hmm. it's important to say desire can live alongside contentment yeah, yeah totally that you yeah. can desire yeah. all kinds of good things you can desire, desire justice desire peace desire right. um these better things and yet fully be content and content yourself with with god and i think that's a really I, for myself, and I'm sure for anyone else, a really helpful and important thing to remember. Maybe easy to forget too. Like you yeah. must feel bad for having the desire. desire. Yeah, but it's like no, that no, can live alongside yeah. contentment. I yeah, think. we're not Buddhists. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we have right. a goal. We don't, we don't want to detach. Right. Yeah, or, right. you know, bury anything. So yeah, so I think yeah, to so the, to the answer to the question, is it okay for Christians to desire marriage? And I think the answer should is, they should oh how how's, yeah. the, how's the question should christians, should christians want to get married should christians want to get married and i think the answer would be yes as long as it's not the only thing that they want mm. right as long as they they have it in right relationship in right order and then once because again like in the right order again in in terms of a a, uh, a marriage that has christ at the center yeah. needs needs to still have that right ordering of even a marriage relationship yeah. and yeah. post marriage not just okay i got got the got the wedding got the you know um, got the certificate and, and, and now what, right? And so again, yeah. ordering our lives yeah. and our hearts in the right space, I think 
um, is the key. Yeah, it really is. Well, and it ties in with First Corinthians seven again, how God hates and is heartbroken when divorces happen or marriages are split up because right. of all the collateral damage that comes yeah. with that, and it's usually very devastating. But then First Corinthians seven, Saint Paul's like, well, if the unbelieving spouse wants to leave, let them go. Yeah, and it's like it is a little bit of this radical ordering of priorities like ultimately right. if they're wanting you to yeah. forsake your faith yeah that's right. that's not worth it mm. and you know it doesn't mean you just cut ties at the first sign of you know conflict or whatever but ultimately at the end of the day it's, it is yeah. that relationship with god following god wins out and hopefully you can yeah. do that in and through your marriage but right so cody how, how do we as a church right how do we, how do we communicate truth um to singles better right so that so that there's not this pressure of oh i need to get married in order to feel uh like i'm even doing my you know my my duty before god or whatever else but how do we how do we communicate i guess uh yeah grace and yeah. And, and truth to, to singles better yeah um i'll use a, a weird illustration for this or maybe a, a, a weird example we love um, no yeah yeah no but up our I, I think this is not totally unrelated the, the church has trouble ministering to singles and the church has trouble ministering to members of the lgbt like t community for yeah. the exact same reason yeah for the for the exact same reason because we're, we're scared to be um in relationship with one another and because of, of what that might mean or, or the work that might take I think sometimes it's it just comes down to laziness um, mm-hmm. it, it comes down to laziness in in our preaching where you know yes we we are the pastoral family man and all of our illustrations come from our wife and our kids yeah. with their consent of course and like you know like you said earlier it just kind of leaves a couple of people out but then also like just just discipleship yeah like, like I think that communicates so much more um, than, than any sermon would, just the time that you spend with the singles in your church, um, the time that you spend not talking about their singleness. And, and this is kind of where the, the LGBT right. um, connection, I think, can be really, really made. Like, if you want to talk to a member uh, of the LGBT community uh, about faith, then talk about faith. Don't talk about their sexuality. Right. There's a million other things about mm. them that you don't know that right. is not who they're attracted to. We don't want them to make it their identity, and yet right. we treat it as if it's their only identity. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and to give in to sexual identity, whether it's you know same-sex attraction or you know heterosexual singleness. You know, like we mm. we have just. I mean, I'm gonna say it. We we've just kind of pigeonholed an entire category of people into thinking this is the only thing about them, and it's just not true. Mm. Right. There's so much depth to a human being, and when you talk to them, you see that super clearly all the time so more conversation um you know more willingness to to reach out to the people who i mean not just the ones who you want to lead a ministry um not just the ones who you want to be volunteers and serve but the ones who have got other stuff going on um because Hmm. not not everyone is going to lead a ministry at your church who's single that's not maybe what their singleness is is for god Mm -hmm. is using them differently and if you're a pastor, if you're a church worker especially, or just uh, someone else who loves them at church, find out where God is placing them, has them now, and encourage them in that. Hmm. Um, that's that's huge. That's really good. It's a great word. Yeah. Now, with a church, let's say a church wanted to, I don't know if your fieldwork church has done mm-hmm. this or if you've seen a church, because we have lots of, I think, lots of sermon series like on marriage and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you want to do a, let's say you, your fieldwork church wanted to do mm-hmm. a, they were pit, you know, pitching an idea to yeah. do a series on singleness. 
Yeah. What would be your input? Like, what what would be your your reaction? Like, do you think it's a good thing? Do you think it's like okay, sure, yeah? Like, what would be? Your yeah, it, it depends on what you want to do, um, because I mean, you can outline what what the Bible says about singleness. Talk about you know First Corinthians seven and Jesus talking about eunuchs and all this stuff, and like you could have a sermon on that, and you can say you know singleness is a gift, and that's typically how most of the sermons go that I've heard. Um, but I think. If the church wants to change its culture, that's where it, you, they have to speak in is talking to married people about single people, you know, you know, and in the same way that we talk to a lot of single people about marriage and, and what to expect, like yeah. talk, talk to married people um, and let them know, remind them, honestly, of what singleness is kind of like mm. and show them how to speak in, mm. how to have conversations with people who might not be on their radar, who they would just as easily like not cast aside or turn aside. I don't want to phrase it like that, but just ignore. Honestly, yeah, not just ignore, not, not acknowledge, not acknowledge. Yeah, not yeah. Acknowledge. And, and the church should be a place that man sees people. Yeah, right. And sees mm-hmm. people where they're at, and not and say, values that values that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's the biggest thing, and you know, a, a whole sermon series on that. I don't know if that like that would be necessary, but I mean, in more conversations in the church about singleness. Don't just talk to singles about their singleness. Yeah, you know, because you're 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 looking at again just a very small, well, yeah, especially in church actually a very small category of people, and that I think I don't know if we've talked about that yet. That amplifies the problem mm, a little bit more because the right. single person sees the seventy to eighty percent of married people. Yeah, yeah, and the, and you just feel the marginalization. Even right. if you've got a singles ministry or a single small group, it's like all right, then it gets clickish, and then you're like, all right, is the singles ministry or two people going to pair off? Like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's hmm. hard. Well, that's helpful. I, cause I was thinking like if I were a pastor trying to, trying to do something good and contribute something to the conversation. <laughs> if, if you're a pastor. If I were a pastor. <laughs> if I ever. Academically, you know, very rude for reality. Uh, but I'd want to know is just doing a series on singleness. How would that be received? Cause like that's, that's helpful feedback. Yeah, for sure. Cause it, well, and I think the, the language of gift is important. And the language of call is important, but it's mm-hmm. also important for us to, to parse those things out, you know, because I think a lot of times we just leave it there, especially the language of gift where you say you've got a singleness gift, the gift of singleness, and they just leave it there. And they say, you've got more time. Yeah. Do you think single people think they have time? Like, mm. like, and, the, and then the, oh, there's this line where it's like, yeah, you've got time now. Just wait till you get married. You don't have any time. Like, uh-huh. You know, and that's devaluing, right? I mean, yeah. It's it's yeah. it's you feel, like you're, you feel like you're on the JV team. Yeah, you know, like that's like the um, sense that's given. Yeah, and so just and that I mean in the same way that any sermon should start with with talking with who you're trying to speak to, you know, kind of beforehand. Like, ask. I mean, you're doing it now, but like, ask other singles. Like, what's really going on with you? What are the like? What are the feelings that you have? Because I think that's the quickest way to really connect right. with people and, and and to address the, you know the symptoms of singleness, put it like that, or just how singles experience loneliness as compared to like a marriage person or right. a married person experiencing loneliness. Yeah. Mm. Cause it's different. So, yeah. It is. Yeah. Well, I mean, we could probably talk about this for a long time, honestly, because yeah. uh, I think this is a question that we're all single. So we have a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I know that I want to be better at, at communicating uh, to, and thinking about the, the the people in our lives, but um, um, but yeah. Any I guess any last thoughts before we kind of uh, 
Yeah, to, to answer the original question, should a Christian want to be married? A Christian should want to be faithful. Mm. Um, and that is seeing the people who Christ sees, loving the people who Christ loves. And if God puts a potential spouse in front of you, you go full speed ahead and you do that faithfully. And mm. the Bible will tell you how to do that faithfully. That's a mm. conversation for a different time. If God doesn't put that in front of you, be faithful elsewhere, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's a challenge. Um, but it's, but it's the call, you mm. know, that is the call of singleness. It's just a call to faithfulness. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Cody, I think where, what I know I need, I want to remember is I really liked what you said of not letting a person's singleness become the defining factor. Yeah. But always striving to, cause there's, you're going to have so many things to talk about and so many common points and, but just knowing that it could be easy to do that cause there's already that predisposition, like feeling marginalized or feeling different and not enough. So keeping that in mind, I think is super helpful. And I think the whole desiring in a faithful, godly way, and yet still striving to content yourself in Jesus, like what we should all strive for, no matter what our relationships are. I'm going to be thinking on that one for a while. Yeah. Um, just trying to validate people's experiences. Right. And, and, uh, yeah, I completely agree that as a really helpful, uh, understanding that people are more than what, what they got going on in their relationships. Yeah. Um, and, and Jesus always saw that, mm-hmm. saw people and, uh, um, yeah, and, and challenge them to to follow him, right? And to and to do more, uh, whether they were married or whether what they were they were not. And uh, yeah, so as a, as a church, I I don't know. I, I I would like to be better at uh, at valuing and and empowering and uh, challenging people to yeah to not maybe see their singleness as like you said like the identity, but rather. What is Jesus calling them to do today? Like, and 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 what do they do with not just, yeah, time or season or location wherever you're at, uh, trying to do that well? I think that's that's huge. Hmm. Well, guys, this is good stuff. Cody, thanks for making time, and it's been good having you in the studio. We'll bring you back. We'll fly you out again. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you feel honored. <laughs> yeah, that'll come out of our budget. <laughs> What budget? No. Yeah, yeah well, exactly. <laughs> but thanks again for listening. If you are, I don't know, wanting to ask different questions, if you have feedback for us, we're always welcome to. We're always wanting to hear it. I guess I should say. And we'll get our we'll get our wives on here sometimes. Yeah, too. we will. <laughs> we can yeah. talk about marriage. We had a funny question about marriage for our wives. <laughs> I don't know answer. if they'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> they've would... made it to the end of this one. I don't know if they've listened, but if they did, uh, <laughs> where you guys are next? Yes. What happens if you're really annoyed by your husband? <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>